This is Biz Radio host Joanna Patrice Haggerty. I am the founder of JPH Creative Biz and soon to launch Art Hero, a workforce development organization. My mission is to support and galvanize artists and creative entrepreneurs because art heals and connects. I believe that by activating creativity, we synthesize change. Come connect with me on Instagram at JPH Creative Biz. This is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where I invite the most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. On the last episode I did, which was December 31st of 2021, just one day after my 37th birthday, I was planning on having the next show be about my business merger and what's coming up for my newest company, Art Hero, in 2022, but... Life didn't happen that way. Um, The world stopped for me on January 10th when I learned that my mother had unexpectedly died of a heart attack. And honestly, I've just been picking up the pieces since then. So I kind of felt like as a true entrepreneur who is really learning how to bring vulnerability to business, that this show should be an opportunity to lay some of those fresh memories down for those of us who loved my mother, Leslie Haggerty. But I also really felt like this was an opportunity for those who didn't have the privilege of meeting her to have a powerful conversation about where I came from and why I believe what I do. This is obviously in part a memorial for my mom, but I also just want it to be known that the things that have shaped my mother and ultimately me are so embedded into the work that I do and all of the core values that I bring to every program, project, and client that I choose to work with. So I appreciate you all for being here and listening and sharing in this really powerful moment for me. Uh, The first live show I did was pretty nerve wracking for me, you know, first live solo show of really speaking my mind about what I believe. (laughs) So the fact that the second one is really about my mother and her passing is just as heavy and intense. So thank you all for being present today. Um, You know, I really felt like my mother was a limitless spirit in a limited body, and she grew up in the 60s, which I certainly didn't experience. Part of me wishes I did, but that is something we know that the spirit of activism was so deeply embedded in that time of life. And my mom just grabbed a hold of that and really never let go. Um, She was breaking glass ceilings early on uh, as the only female student government person in her youth, I think as early as middle school, she was being this person who was feminine and powerful. She stood up and modeled, you know, she had family in Raleigh, North Carolina, where she grew up and, and family friends who owned department stores and was able to, again, be this powerful role model in sort of this modeling world, but also in really using her power for discussing the hard conversations and the hard moments. She protested verbally and in person, I mean, her entire life. And even if that meant bringing her motorized scooter to the rallies, she was there and speaking against what she believed in and what she thought was not right to. And I just love that. You know, I've got this new website of hers that we are able to memorialize her in some ways and this Facebook group. And I can't wait to start putting some of the photos of all the signs she held, all of the beliefs that she had, because she just really always believed in the underdog and the person who wasn't getting that support. 
I mean, to be quite honest, she was particularly deeply frustrated with a lot of the recent policies that were made under the Trump administration, mostly in part because she believed not only through her professional experience, but through her personal experience, how important social programmings can make the difference. You know, they can really be the difference between people having a house food or basic needs met or not. And again, she experienced that not only herself, but in her career, which I'll unpack a little bit more as we go through this episode today. My mom was born in Philly, PA, but she really spent most of her life in North Carolina, particularly Raleigh. I was able to move her up here to Asheville, North Carolina in late June of last year, 2021. And this was primarily to support her in healing from essentially a 40-year battle with chronic pain. Um, That one was a really tough one for her to sort of swallow and walk through, but she came from such a strong family. Her father was an entrepreneur and her mother was definitely a community leader in her own right. You know, my grandma, her mother actually was someone who helped open up the first uh, soup kitchen in Raleigh. And I think that that was sort of a big part in motivating my mom in her activism. She just saw her parents really come from this Great Depression era and fight for community, fight for fun. You know, they really embedded themselves in the Raleigh community and really spent so much time going and participating in the symphonies and the creative events as well, and really trying to make sure that their community was evolving for for everybody equally. And I just think that was a really powerful experience for my mom to have at that point. You know, even before she moved to Asheville, she was so tied to this town, maybe in part because I've been here most of my life and my father's from here. So we spent a lot of time coming and visiting here when I was a kid. And I just think mom fell in love with these really healing Appalachian mountains and some of the grassroots programs she was really excited about working with or partnering with was beloved Asheville and the Spark Foundation. And she was really hoping to get more embedded into that. And even in the few months she's been here, she already really had gotten deeply embedded. Um, She'd already made multiple best friends, which my mother could do in an instant, which was so empowering. And even days before she died, she um, had a young child who was in her complex parking lot that was alone and crying and scared. And he wasn't verbally, he was under, you know, talking age. And she brought him into her home and she gave him a snack and called all the right channels to make sure that that kid could get back to his mother. And that mother personally called her and thanked her for doing that and being a safe space in that moment and that place. And it just shows my mom's passion and heart for supporting everybody, particularly children her whole life. Um, She also really loved going to the farmer's market. She particularly was going to the UNC Asheville farmer's market. It was really one of her favorite weekly activities. And again, moving up less than six months ago, I went with her around the holiday time a couple times and everybody already knew her name. They already had set aside her order and things that she liked. And I just found that to be so amazing. As someone who's a little more introverted and struggles sometimes to be on the community, part of what I was thrilled about was the idea of 
having my mom to be that voice and to sort of be that networking person. And, you know, even with Biz Radio, I was able to bring her out to one of the Rabbit Rabbit events that we had in the summer with some of the music videos with Buzz Radio. And she just was so good at talking to everyone, you know, her and Michelle Sheeve were just chatting it up and having a great time and just really being able to bring light and levity to essentially every situation she brought to even in the midst of her physical and, you know, mental health struggles. Um, You know, I mentioned the Spark Foundation earlier, and I wanted to go into this particular experience that my mom had had. So Spark Foundation has the Violence Interrupters Street Team Program. It's sort of a newer program that's emerged primarily because they believe the roots of violence reach deep in society, especially tapping into complex conditions such as poverty, racism, joblessness, and hopelessness. And, you know, my mom moved up here, thankfully, because she was able to get affordable housing. And so she was living in an affordable housing community, um, program. And so she was around people who were really struggling at times. And, you know, there were often times that she had said last night was really difficult. A lot of the community had to come out and try and help support, you know, a couple who was arguing or someone who was having a mental health issue. And so it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. But what I think is amazing is that the Spark Foundation has created this violence interrupter street team, like I mentioned. And they're particularly starting this in Buncombe County. And this is one of the few pilot programs that they've gotten off the ground. And my mom was already one of the early adopters of this program. Um, Terrell Bailey, who is one of the community engagement partners, already was calling my mom one of his best friends. And I'm so thankful that I get to keep him in my life and continue working with him and, and support him in the work he's doing as well outside of this violence interrupter street team, because my mom made another best friend in the first couple months of living here. Um, The Violence Interrupter Street Team program primarily focuses on daily activities to get the community more engaged. So that could be activities with younger children. And it really started with a lot of engagement with the elders. One of the things that was so amazing is getting a program up and running, especially in a community where there's a lot of mistrust is difficult. And so early on in this process, they my mother forwarded me a community funders letter that they sent out, the Spark Foundation sent out. And it was actually all about her and her neighbor who had become one of her best friends, right? Like, I can't tell you how many best friends she already had. (laughs) But what was amazing is I want to read one of the quotes from that letter, because that letter was talking about how the elders in the community need to be the ones present to bond everybody together. And so here's a quote from that funder's letter that has my mother saying, we as the older generation want to find ways here to get to know the young parents and their kids. That way, if they need to go out for something and don't want to get that baby out of bed, they can come knock on my door and I can come sit at their house for 30 minutes while they go out, that kind of thing. But that neighborly thing only works if they know me and I know them. That trust has been broken and it's hurting every generation. Terrell and Patricia are helping to build that back up in our neighborhood. That to me is just one more reference of my mother being in a position to say, I am a true matriarch. I have a lot to offer. I have a lot to give and I want to do that. And the story I mentioned about finding that child, you know, right before the holidays and around the holidays, 
just reiterates that more and more that I know my mother would have continued to do that work. And I'm also so thankful that she was able to inspire people already to get involved in those things and to dive deep. <clears throat> you know, I mentioned that, you know, my mom had her own disability issues. And one of the things that I learned actually recently, maybe in the last year or two, was that my mom's biggest autoimmune issues actually started when she was pregnant with me. And that was a really interesting find and also something really fascinating that she didn't share with me until, you know, I was at least in my mid-30s. And the thing that I found to be so powerful about that is I think she held that very pointedly for a reason because she never wanted me at any stage of my growth and development to feel responsible for that because she didn't feel that. She didn't feel that I was the reason she was sick, that she didn't feel that I was the one who had ruined her life. She just simply unconditionally loved me harder and deeper and understood that very likely our hormones could have triggered some of that. And, you know, I, I've briefly spoken about some of these things and I've mentioned a little bit of that in the big world that I struggle with some of my own autoimmune disorder issues. Thankfully, they are much lighter and more simple than what my mom has had to deal with. And I think in a lot of ways, some of the science and information that's coming out nowadays about generational trauma and how it impacts your family is part of what my mom's role was. Our family on one side, on my mother's side and her mother's side is um, deeply embedded in the Cherokee Nation. And we have proof that my family had walked the Trail of Tears and we have proof that my family had leaders in these times. And so being in a position of power in such a generationally traumatic moment and event. Again, we have science proving that, you know, families experience physical, mental, and emotional pain for generations to come. And so while it has been one of the biggest struggles, I think, of my mother's life, I also have really felt very deeply that it was sort of part of her gift that she was offering our family and our ability to heal in a way that we truly hadn't been able to before then. Um, one of the things that I really loved about mine and my mom's relationship was that when I started my first company and pr produced my first outdoor street festivals, Expand Fest, she often called it her grandchild because she knew that I have chosen to focus more on my career than raising children. And while my mother loved children with all of her heart. Every child she ever met became one of hers. She really fully understood and supported and respected me in that decision. And yet again, it was so amazing that my mom, as much as she wanted certain things and would have been thrilled to have that, she never pushed me or forced me into any of those things. She really also completely supported my creativity, which is really fascinating because in a lot of ways, we a lot of my episodes with people is about the fact that you have to struggle through sort of the societal norm, through this family conversation of when are you getting a job? When are you going to not be doing creativity? And my mom always told me I should just be a singer. And uh, while I had decided that, you know, my art is more of a hobby and more for my personal self, um, we both very much deeply agreed that my companies were sort of my art and were sort of my family and my legacy. And she was just so proud of that. It was so exciting and amazing to have her support with those pieces. Um, you know, Art Hero, my new company, was something she really understood was created to help upward movement for the entrepreneurial workforce that historically doesn't get support. 
You know, my mom watched me struggle as an entrepreneur at first because I was more creative, because I did mental health work, because I never thought that I'd have to start my own companies because I kind of thought there were things out there that I could get behind. And while there certainly are, there's still a lot more holes to be filled. You know, those BIPOC and female inventors who never saw somebody look like them doing the things that they wanted to, they can now because there are programs and supports, you know, for those artists and self-starters who haven't registered their business with the government, so they never received any funding over the last two years, right? Those people still need support. They still need to be able to thrive and be successful moving forward because we have a lot of work to do to heal this world in so many different ways. You know, I also feel like that the social-minded entrepreneur really has struggled to feel like that there's programs and classes that discuss marketing and sales from this new wave. And so I love that there is now a place for that. You know, Art Hero is for them, it's for us, and it's for her, my mother, Leslie Haggerty, absolutely, 100%. You know, Art Hero is in such a place of transition. You know, the Art Hero merger, which I was hoping to talk about at my next um, radio show, which I'm hoping I can still bring Noreen on next week. I do want to go ahead and start just briefly talking about a little bit of what we have coming up um, because this is the point. The point is to take all of this information and knowledge from my family lineage, from my personal experiences, watching my mother struggle, being a nurse, working as a person who was sick and had children and needed to have a career for all of that to be successful. It's the time for me to take my career and move it forward. So I am happy to announce here that I am merging and I, I brought Noreen Sullivan on a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago or so at this point, to talk about the fact that she had helped me launch my Art Hero business course. But over the course of this last year, we have grown even closer and we found ourselves actually working with every client essentially I was bringing in in tandem, that she had skill sets that I didn't and that I have skill sets that she doesn't. And we just meshed in this way. I mean, Noreen is the founder of SFTA Creative, which stands for super fantastic, terrific, awesome, which who doesn't love that first and foremost. (laughs) So Noreen Sullivan, who is this amazing woman who founded SFTA Creative, which stands for super fantastic, terrific, awesome, which is so amazing. We have really built this relationship and we are bringing our companies completely together. The reason we're doing this is because we're able to merge so many different unique parts of ourselves to serve the entire entrepreneurial workforce sector. So at any stage from pre-idea to essentially selling your business and exiting, we have programs and support that we will be launching for that. Noreen comes from... Silicon Valley world. She comes from the technology world. She comes from an arts and creative background. And she actually has a PhD from Stanford that essentially Pixar paid for on Steve Jobs' request, which is amazing that these really early, really innovative companies that are now some of the largest companies we have are some of the organizations Noreen really cut her teeth on. She really was able to get that experience from such an early place and stage. And one of the things I'm able to bring to the table here is this Western North Carolina and this North Carolina and this Southwest region entrepreneurial development and understanding the layout of what is here, what works and what doesn't work. So I'm just 
thrilled to be able to hopefully bring her on next week and really start diving into more of this. Um, before we sort of wrap up today, I do feel like I could touch on just a few things that we do have coming up. I'm not going to mention any business names yet because I think what would be more fun in the long run is to let each one of those businesses come to the table and share their stories. But this is just some of the work that I was doing while my mother was still alive and is really some of the work that's going to start spearheading us moving forward in Art Hero. So I can mention we are working with a local BIPOC tech inventor who's created a mental health management app for first responders. And this is so powerful to me because first responders really do need to be able to manage their own mental health and challenges of what they run through so that they can really continue to serve people in their most vulnerable stages. Um, We are in the process this week of signing an artist management contract. And I really can't wait, wait to tell you guys, she is a local artist who has really been involved particularly deeply in the music and art scene, but is ready to take a whole lot more on. Um, I just personally recently uh, was contracted through our company to work with the city of Asheville's new AVL Pathways program. And if you haven't heard of that yet, it's for the MWBEs, as they call it, which actually stands for Minority Women Business Enterprises. And that is for those types of MWBEs who are pushing six to seven figures in income, who are really looking to better understand their business strategy and sustainable growth. And we had our first session this week, and I am just thrilled and lit up and so excited to see what they're going to be able to bring to the table. Um, We are supporting uh, a couple local BIPOC female-owned business owners in the mental and physical health revolutions, and I really can't wait to talk more about that. One of them in particular is a nurse, just like my mom was, and they always related on the fact that they both saw exactly what wasn't working, especially for those under-supported communities, and they had actually talked through me about meeting and working together and supporting each other, and I'm just really thrilled that a lot of this work I was able to start while my mother was here the last few months is something I'll be able to really carry forward and continue through. Um, And also one of the other things I'm excited about, whether we get this or not, is that we're presenting for some of the government appointed ARPA funding, which is that American Rescue Plan Act funding. We had the Asheville Business Inclusion Office ask us to help create a workforce development program, again, specifically for those entrepreneurs who've never really received that support, those people who um, applied for PPP loans or weren't eligible to apply for PPP loans because they weren't registered. That area of support is so needed right now. And so I'm just so excited and thrilled that there is literally so much more coming down the pike and so much more I really want to share But I also want to really take a moment to just honor my mother, Leslie Haggerty. She totally was the person who gave me the fire that I have, the fight that I have, and the true heart that I have. And I'm really looking forward to carrying her honor forward in a whole different way and sharing her name and bringing her forth. And one of the ways that I really am hoping to be able to do that is to share some of her art. She was really nervous. Um, about bringing her art forward, but she was an amazing poet who could write poetry in one go with no issue. So (laughs) I'm really looking forward to, I believe, co-publishing a book with her and um, hopefully even turning some of her poetry into music and carrying her name forward. 
in present day as well. And um, thank you all for being here for me, for being here for my family, for being here for the work that I do, and for being here for the art heroes that really deserve to take the stage. Um, It's been a pleasure to have guests every time, but it also has been really powerful for me to step a little more into myself and a little more into the work that I am really proud of doing on behalf of my family, on behalf of the community, and on behalf of the art heroes that we know really need that support. You know, I think that's where I'm going to end it today. So as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, creative business owners, and of course, now myself. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in and please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com or you can also join me over on Instagram at jphcreativebiz. I really would love to hear your show suggestions or any questions that you may have about what's coming up, about what you want to see for entrepreneurial development, specifically of the artist and creative population, and possibly anything that Biz Hero or Buzz Anything that Biz Radio or Buzz Radio can do to also collaborate with that as well, because we are all a family here. We are all really excited to take 2022 by storm through all the pain and all the joy. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.